Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at horrormakesushappy.com. Uh, today's guest is writer and director Dave Jackson, best known for Catsick Blues and Gotcha Gotcha. Thank you, Dave, for joining us. Um, is there you. anything that you want to plug before we get into the meat of the interview? Oh, I, I wish that was, but no, I have nothing to plug, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> for shame. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so a little, uh, a little information, both for you and the listeners before we get started. Um, uh, first off trigger warnings, we're going to be talking about horror movies, which could involve anything, murder, rape, suicide, child abuse, plenty of F bombs because Chris and I do not censor ourselves. Fuck. So if you're not like that, uh, Hey, you've been warned. So if you're not prepared for that, uh, please take care of yourself and come back when you're ready. Um, in this interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions covering childhood, teenage years, and adulthood to try to dig into what it is about horror that you personally enjoy. Uh, the idea is that if we interview enough people, we might find some interesting common themes, maybe some interesting uncommon themes. Um, and we're coming at these uh, the topics from the three different directions of childhood and teenage years and adulthood because sometimes doing it that way triggers memories that you had forgotten about. Um but that said, this is not meant as a therapy session. So if there's any questions that you don't want to answer, just say, I'll pass on that one and we'll move on. Uh, so starting with childhood, what were some of your earliest memories of scary things? Mm, I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. No, I'm checking. Thank, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. It's been nice talking to you. Have a good night. <laughs> um, well, sorry, what was that? The question again? What are some of your earliest memories of scary things? Of scary things like outside of movies or just in, in general? Yeah, movies included. Movies, books, um, just any any particular... Relatives. Mm, oh, man, that's, that's, that's so much... I, I do remember... Do you know the writer James Herbert? The name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's like a, a British um, horror author from the 70s. And he his most famous book is called The Rats, which you, you guys might have heard of before but i remember being maybe about like eight or nine and i was quite a you know a big reader and i we were staying at a friend's house and i found it on the bookshelf and just mm -hmm. read the whole thing in like one night <laughs> and huh. it completely traumatized me but i was also totally <laughs> fascinated by it so it's incredibly gory demented book um and i reread it oh sorry let's drop something I reread it as a an adult, and it's just unbelievable trash. But <laughs> it's um, yeah, just as a kid when I was reading, I'm like, this is crazy. I can't believe that that anyone could write something like this. So yeah, that that was one thing that really disturbed and and amazed me. But yeah, how old were you? Again? <laughs> I must have been yeah, maybe maybe eight or nine or something like that. Okay, and I guess before that as well, like any kind of like horror scenes that would pop up in like anything like I'd be pretty fascinated by like I, I was completely obsessed by the gremlins movies for example when I was like mm. five or six and just watched them on on loop basically <laughs> so yeah I don't, I don't I mean, know what it was but yeah I just was very yeah into anything that was like horror or a little bit dark or weird even mm. from a young age <laughs> Before you mentioned the Gremlins, after you mentioned, uh, you know, James Herbert being more 
probably more uh, popular in the UK and, and the territories. It, it occurred to me, I'm thinking to myself, crap, I wonder how much overlap there is between, you know, b- us being American <clears throat> and some of the, the movies that we've seen. Obviously, I think, you know, the bigger movies, especially the blockbusters you would have seen, but it occurred to me that there's probably some stuff that you'd be familiar with that we never even would have heard of. Mm. Um, I think, um, I'm sure you, you'd be familiar with this stuff, but maybe it's just bigger in the UK and in Australia. Um, mm. For example, um, I, I watched a lot of, as a kid, watched a lot of Hammer Horror, which was mm. on TV a lot. I don't know if you guys watch much Hammer Horror or if it was big in, in the States, but um, yeah, Hammer, Hammer was a very big deal for me as a kid as well. Mm. Chris, you had, you watched that, didn't you? I actually never really watched a, a lot of the classics. I kind of caught on uh, a little later in like the uh, creature feature days with, you know, like cheesy 70s creature horror things like uh, mm. like, like like Bug, I think, from 1970 something, which was about killer cockroaches that set fire to things. I'm a little ashamed of that. I, I know of the Hammer films. I know they are classics. They're like staple horror, you know, Dracula, Creature from Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, Werewolf. But no, I've never actually sat through quite a lot of them. Yeah, me either, actually. Like you say, I, I know of them, but I don't know that if... I mean, you'd see bits and pieces of them on TV and reruns and stuff like that, but mm, I don't know that I, I've ever sat down and walked all the way through. Definitely recommend the, all the Peter Cushing Frankenstein movies. Like, the, the sequels just go in such crazy directions. It's completely completely nuts, yeah. They're, yeah. they're really great. Okay. Yeah, those are the ones that tangent um, off into like Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein. I think that's um. So maybe you're thinking of the Universal horror films. So H- Hammer was the the British studio that started in in the fifties. Okay. Um, and they they remade or well, not remade, but did their own versions of Frankenstein and Dracula. And um, it was like I think that was the first time those films were in color. All those stories were in color, and they added like a a lot of gore and kind of, uh, yeah, it was quite a, a, yeah, kind of garish kind of color. And yeah, they're, they're pretty great. Those films. Yeah. Sort of okay. from the fifties to the seventies, they were making stuff. Yeah. Right. Creature from the black lagoon. Was that universal or? Hammer? Yeah. That, that's a universal one. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That film. Anything else? Um, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know how old you are, but you kind of jumped from, uh, you know, stuff that's older than me to stuff that's, you know, Gremlins was the eighties. Yeah. No, I'm, so I'm 34. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Cause like Australia, we're a bit, we were a bit behind the rest of the world back then as well. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stuff I watched were probably older videos that I, I could rent for, for cheap at the video store. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't, can't really think of any films that, I mean, horror was, was not very good in the 90s either, so I can't really think of many, like, 90s horrors that I, I like. Maybe, like, Candyman or something when I was a teenager, yeah. but, yeah. There were some good ones in the 90s. Candyman mm. being one of them. Yeah. We'll come to that. But, yeah, I can understand and relate to that, because as a child, I mean, I was born in the 70s, but I can remember sitting there being plopped down in front of a television and watching cartoon reruns from the 50s. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the same same for me as well. Like, I just remember watching the Flintstones and, yep. I mean, how old is yeah. that? Yeah, that's my mind too. Yep. Uh, Flintstones, um, what else? Jetsons. Uh, 
Top Jetsons. Cat. Yes, Top Cat, Hanna Barbera. Um, what was the ones with the, uh, with the with the Triceratops that shot coal out of its horn and, and the gloops? Um, what is Herculoids? that? Hercu- Herculoids. Herculoids. I don't know what that is. We didn't get that <laughs> cheesy seventies fantasy car- uh, cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Um, my favorites were the uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, though. They were great. Uh, so at the time, uh, I mean, you mentioned that you were kind of terrified, but also excited by the rats. Uh, mm. How did you feel about the gremlins and the hammer stuff? Was it? I think, I, I mean, I was a little bit older when I watched Hammer, so I don't think they really scared me too much. I was just sort of interested in the the makeup and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Grem- Gremlins also, there were like a, it's kind of like a mixture of horror and comedy. So there was like a handful of scenes that, that freaked me out, but I think I was mostly into all the kind of gross stuff, like all the, I like loved all the disgusting puppets and all the, mm. the goo and slime and stuff was, I think, what appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely did have some have some funny moments. Particularly mm. the the bad gremlins would do things, and then they'd look at the camera and laugh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no uh, no shame in breaking the fourth wall with that movie. It was it was more of a fun film. Especially yeah. the the second one is is just like I mean that that remains one of my favorite films. Oh this yeah. Day. If, you, if you go back and watch it, it's like unbelievable that something that crazy was was made and i guess it's like 1990 or whatever it's from it's uh it's yeah, completely insane that second oh, one yeah. yeah i don't they're, they're all like a blur to me um so i don't remember what parts went to which ones uh second one was the one that happened in like a corporate high rise and there yeah. were all kinds of different gremlins like you had uh in you know super intelligent gremlin female gremlin i think that was the one with the spider gremlin too wasn't it yeah it is yeah the second one's much more kind of like riffing on the original and it's kind of I, I think that's why perhaps people didn't like it at the time because it's not it's not really a, a very normal sequel <laughs> it's just like a kind of cartoon version of the original but, i mean yeah, it's, I, it's really great I, I feel it's it makes it more true sequel that way because that's kind of true sequel fashion like the the formula for a sequel is take what was good about the first one magnify it times 10 and don't take yourself seriously hmm yeah, yeah, definitely makes fun of a lot of the elements from from the original. Yeah, it's a really great film. So, of the ones that you've mentioned so far, it sounds like the only one that you were actually legitimately afraid by, uh, afraid of, or scared by, was the rats. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely scared me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I could see how that would happen. Were there any others that you remember from that time period that legitimately scared you? I'm trying to think if there was anything else that genuinely terrified me i think my my parents didn't really let me see much in the way of like newer or or like you know modern kind of horror until i was a bit older so i think it was more my my teenage maybe early teens how how how, what's the age range what are we talking about for for childhood here is it like up until like 12 13 okay well actually when i was about i had one very kind of crazy horror watching night with a friend uh when i was i must have been 12 and i don't know why but there was a lot of horror movies on tv that night and we watched in a single night we watched um the shining which scared me more than any other film has ever scared me in my life (laughs) we watched that we watched nightmare on elm street 3 which is an amazing movie probably maybe one of the best sequels ever made 
and that completely terrified me as well. And we watched uh, Child's Play two, <laughs> which is kind of the the shit one out of those three. But uh, <laughs> but I still I still loved it as well. So that was in one night watching all those three three films, and we, we yeah we could not could not sleep after watching those. But I think I feel like that night kind of really shaped my my yeah kind of like solidified my my love of horror and um mm. just the feeling of being terrified watching those films but especially the shining like oh my oh, yeah. god like the shining still scares the crap out of me what scares you about about the shining i think it's just it's um the way kubrick shoots it is so disturbing like the the kind of you know the camera kind of going down the hallway and like you know it's going around the corner and you don't know what's going to be there and it's just the the anticipation that he builds yeah and i think i think also that it's kind of centers around a little kid as well makes it really frightening um yeah and i like that there's there's no like easy answers in that that film it's very like you don't really know it it never completely tells you what's what's real and what isn't and what yeah it's just it's it's really unsettling kind of film Mm. the whole way through start to finish Mm. yeah Great film. What about what about Elm Street? El- Elm Street. So I think in in those first three Elm Street films, I mean they go off the rails after that. But I think yeah. Freddy is a really just a absolutely disgusting and terrifying <laughs> character. <laughs> um, he just visually he's so disturbing, um, and just how I think watching that third one. I mean, if I watched it, when I watch it now, it's kind of funny, some of the lines that he says, but he's just so, like, vicious and aggressive and, like, it, yeah, it's, it's a really, yeah, it's it's quite frightening. I mean, if I watch that film now, it's not scary to me at all. The, the original is still quite frightening, but I think Freddy as a character is just a, really gets under my skin. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Remind me again, what which one was number three? It's Dream, Dream, Warriors? Dream Warriors. when um, That's... That's what yeah, I thought. So okay. Craven came back to produce it and kind of reset the the series and it's much um it's much like bigger and crazier than the original. Um in true sequel fashion. Yeah, and it's all set in a kind of like in a asylum, I guess it is for for disturbed kids. Right. Um yeah, and it, it's very it's very big, it's very 80s. Um but yeah, it's got the famous scene where Freddy sort of comes out of a TV and then grabs a, a woman and smashes her head into the screen. Yeah. Was it the TV or the the bed? His head head comes He's out of both. the top of the, the TV. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite was the uh the marionette scene. Gotta love that one. Oh yeah, that's that's great. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, using like tendons as like the strings, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's upsetting. Oh. Yeah, slight so small bit of background. Chris is the more of the horror expert on this one. I'm more of the uh the psychological background. Uh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> so I usually rely on him to remind me of the things that I've forgotten in terms of, of the movies. <laughs> I the way I am, I just I never really I, there are very few movies that I will watch more than once. Um mm. and a lot of movies I just won't even watch at all because I I don't know. I I was always the type of person that I I hated getting up from a movie and feeling like I just wasted two hours of my life that I could have been doing something better on. So I, I like to find out from my friends and and other sources 
whether or not something is a good movie before I sit down and watch it. And there's just a lot of them that I've wound up not watching, but through Chris and a lot of other friends, I have seen plenty of movies. And and even if I haven't heard, seen the movie myself, usually we have enough of a conversation about something that I know what happened anyway. So, um, so that's why I was checking with you guys on which one was number three. Although that one I did see, uh, it's just mm-hmm. been so long since I've seen it. Yeah. I think we've all seen number three at some point, like at least the first three. So you you commented on what the things were that uh, kind of scared you or creeped you out about The Shining and Elm Street and and a little bit about the rats. What were the things that you enjoyed about them? Um, I think it's maybe I would imagine it's probably similar. Like I hate roller coasters, but people <laughs> love them because of the thrill they kind of feel from it of being scared. So I think I think that's like initially why i enjoyed horror so much because it's like it's terrifying but it's also a safe kind of space as well um and i think it's also there's something uh what's the word like cathartic about seeing something very violent and scary i mean especially when when the world is like you know it's scary in a different way right so this is kind Mm -hmm. of like a more of kind of fun kind of fantasy ridiculous version of of fear that we can sort of just enjoy it out in our living room and then then return to the the reality of of the true terror of life of paying bills and <laughs> economic collapse and stuff like that so and we're still in childhood but yes i totally uh, agree with you there it's, mm, it's like an yeah just escapism really yeah yeah and i think horror horror as well is just like in some ways kind of like the the p- most pure cinema because it's just it's out there to get like a a physical reaction from you, and I, I really enjoy that about it. Yeah, you know, um, he's not very popular anymore these days. But Bill Cosby used to have some skits relating. <laughs> oh, to... Oh, why, why is he horror. not popular anymore? <laughs> something, Haven't something you about, heard? <laughs> uh, drink with something in it or something? something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had uh, a skit about Frankenstein, and um, and he talks about how you know scary movies to kids were the best thing or not scary movies, but to be able to scare another kid was awesome because that's mm. when you like, you see the true self. Like there is no pretending you're cool when you're scared. Yeah. That's <laughs> very true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so did you have, you mentioned when you were 12 years old, you had this friend that you watched these movies with, but other than that, you didn't have a lot of uh, exposure a- as a child. Um, so I'm guessing there was no other, friend or neighbor or family member who shared these things with you as a child that didn't come until later. Basically, did you have a horror crew when you were a child? Not when I was a child. When I was a, a teenager, I think I did. But yeah, not not so much as a as a little kid. But I kind of, not so much horror, but I, I have a, a much older brother. So my brother's 14 years older mm-hmm. than me. So he, I, he was kind of like my gateway into watching things I probably shouldn't have been watching <laughs> and not, not necessarily just horror, but like, you know, I go stay at his house when I was like seven or whatever and read all his Robert Crumb comics and, you know, <laughs> um, you know he'd put on a movie that I, I probably shouldn't be watching, like, you know, like a yeah. boys in the hood or something like that. So mm-hmm. he, yeah, he was kind of the one that more introduced me to, to things, but not, specifically horror but more just adult stuff yeah <laughs> always yeah. good to have that older, older sibling 
Yeah. But I mean, and some of the questions that we're going to ask may not apply to you where we just have them because you never know what's going to apply and what isn't. Mm. Um, in some of these things you had mentioned, uh, like for example, gremlins, you knew that there was some humor there. Uh, the, th- the first thing you mentioned with the rats, did you know that that was supposed to be entertaining or that you're supposed to be entertained by the fear or was it just I, straight? Like, I couldn't believe that this was written. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I can't really remember what I, I just remember being incredibly shocked that it was, uh, I'd never, I, I'd read a lot, but I'd never read anything so graphic before. Mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't think that books could, were allowed to do that. <laughs> Which sounds stupid, but <laughs> I, I just didn't think that was a thing that existed. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, how can you be writing this? Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I, I guess after that, I was like, oh, okay. So they're just like, like movies as well. They can, they can do all these things as well. But it was, mm. yeah, just, it was more the graphicness of it that I, that mm. really horrified me. <laughs> and, and potentially, I mean, in a way, books can be even more graphic because you're using mm. your imagination. Definitely, yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, I read American Psycho, and I think that disturbed me much more than any movie has ever disturbed me. I've heard the book is really good. The book is pretty amazing. It's it's incredibly funny, <laughs> which uh, I th- think the movie kind of got, like, the movie got it, the aesthetics really well, but it kind of misses the true like insanity of the book the the book is so out of control and so insanely violent and mm-hmm. shocking it's a, a lot more i guess of, of an inside view into patrick bateman's mind like a, a lot more yeah and you kind of it, it's it plays with reality in a way that's that's very um funny and also disturbing um, do you mean by unreliable narrator or something else yeah. yeah, kind of that. You don't, I mean, the movie's sort of the same as well. Like it, it, it never really tells you directly what's fantasy and, and what's not. And I think the, the book does it quite a lot better in some ways where you kind of, um, where he, he also doesn't know what reality is as well and questions it at times. So yeah, it's, mm. it's really fantastic, but yeah, so disgusting, like such a disgusting book. It was actually in Australia. Is the only book that it wasn't banned, but if you went to a bookshop to buy it, it was wrapped up in in sealed plastic. <laughs> really, and it had um, and it had an I mean, R rating. Low, so our our R is kind of like your X, I think. So yeah. it had like an so R rating, so you couldn't buy it if you were you were under eighteen. But I they they let me buy it, so <laughs> it's fine. Was the cover graphic? Was it? Was there a reason why they had to wrap it up? No, it was just a normal cover. Yeah. Now you could still see the cover. It was just, um, yeah, sealed up in plastic, so kids couldn't pick it up and. Oh, I see. Yeah, flick through it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, did you uh, participate in Halloween as a kid? Did you dress up? No, we in in Australia. It's I, not, that was my it's next question. Did you see yeah. have Halloween? <laughs> it's not really a thing at all. Yeah, we. I really? I don't know. Maybe these days it, it's perhaps becoming a bit more of a thing. But the the most we would have ever done was just have like a. Maybe when I was a teenager, you might have a Halloween dress-up party, but probably not either. So not not really a thing. These mm. days, though, in Japan, I participate in it, weirdly enough. Mm. It's a big thing here. Hmm. We'll come to that. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, all right. So jumping down a few here, you um, you said that you didn't have uh, any friends or family other than the adult, or not the adult, but the older brother. Not speaking of movies or fiction at this point, uh, actually talking about reality, was there something, anything that actually terrified you as a child in reality? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I was apparently when I was, I, I don't really remember this, but apparently when I was uh, uh, really young, like maybe three or four, I was terrified of gorillas. <laughs> hmm. And I don't, I don't really know why. And I'm not now. But I mean, that's a rational time, fear. A gorilla could kind of. I mean, yeah, it's very, they're very frightening. But I used to always have dreams that there were gorillas in our, in our backyard. And I think my vague memory i think it came from overhearing my parents talking about the movie gorillas in the mist mm, and like okay. the title of that alone was enough for my imagination to like run wild and picture all these like terrifying gorillas in the mist <laughs> it's <laughs> it's backyard. funny you say that because when you said that that was the first thing that came to mind was the yes, gorillas in the mist so weird and i think i thought about that does that does that movie or that's it's is it it's based on a real story i think isn't it it is yeah Maybe? diane fossey and yeah. she did and she got killed by poachers is that right i believe yes. so yeah yeah so I, I think when i was overhearing my parents talking about it i think they were talking about her getting killed but i think i just assumed that the gorillas had killed her so like <laughs> i was picturing like gorillas horribly murdering this uh you know sigourney Aww. weaver so, um, well, it sounds like you got the, the main gist of the story then. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much <laughs> yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't, that was like a weird fear. And I, yeah, I had a fear of that. And I, I mean, again, no, no I think most of my fears came from pop culture, though. I was going to say I had a fear of Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's from Terminator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see that. And again, terrified of sharks, but. Because of Jaws, so mo most of my fears came came from watching films. Same here. Okay. I, I actually had an irrational fear uh, for a little while as a child that uh, there would somehow be a shark in the tub. I had the same thing. Yeah, I like, I actually I don't know. It just gets in your head after seeing yeah. that movie and and the way that it delivered the the fear intention. You're just like any and no water is safe now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I remember that distinctly. Like. I think that's why I switched to having showers. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> but I, I got completely, like after seeing Jaws, I got, it's what, still one of my favorite movies, but I, I got completely obsessed with sharks after it as well and just bought all of these shark books and would just like read shark stories all night and freak myself out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have like to no. study them to prepare to be safe from them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, at least, um, we wouldn't say the childhood really uh, horror made you happy. There was maybe some uncomfortableness there. Um, other than the, the one, for example, gremlins where you knew that that was meant to be humor. Yeah. I was definitely still, I definitely tried to seek out anything that was a bit weird and graphic. Yeah. I think it very much interested me. What other weird or graphic stuff like what are some oh, just, examples? I mean, it's more stuff from other films that are not necessarily horror. So, like for example, like the Dark Crystal. Um, ah, yes. The elements of that that um, just terrified me, and like, but also really f 
fascinated me. Or um, actually, a good example would be like Temple of Doom, the mm-hmm. Indiana Jones film. There's a scene where a guy gets his heart pulled out. Yep. And uh, yep. I remember every time I watched that movie, my my mum would fast forward that scene so I couldn't <laughs> see it. But I would see it in fast nope. motion. And I'd just be like, oh, my God, what the hell's happening in this scene? And I think <laughs> my imagination kind of like made it much worse than it actually is. Mm. Um, but, yeah, all the kind of graphic stuff that that film is fairly graphic and messed up so like all the you know the eating monkey brains and the snakes and like all of that stuff was like whoa my god this is amazing but also frightening so yeah i i latched on to like even if i didn't watch a lot of horror as a young kid any other movies that had kind of horror ish scenes i would sort of latch onto those those scenes Mm. that would sort of stick in my mind yeah, I remember Temple of Doom when I saw that. It was I wasn't scared by it, but I was I was grossed out by it. Yeah, it's a pretty it's quite a disgusting movie, really. <laughs> My favorite of the three. He's like standing there holding it and the thing's still beating in his hand. Yeah. Well Gumshibai. Kalima. Kalima. Yeah, and then the one and the part about the eating the monkey brain, that one that did I no, I couldn't do that one. That well, ugh. yeah, it's very gross. Well, you know, and the fact that you know the way they did it, you know, having a live monkey, you know, under the table, that you know, at least I, that's what I remember. Was wasn't it a live monkey? I, I thought it was. I think they brought out a monkey head on a tray, and it had the skull exposed. Maybe I thought I thought they did a cut where it was live in one cut and then dead in the other. You may be thinking of Faces of Death, where they supposedly had a uh, monkey with its head just stuck through the bottom of a table, and they ate its brains. That's possible, too. So, moving on to uh, teenage years, you mentioned the American Psycho book. What other uh, horror-related stuff really impacted you as a teen? Yeah, that I think my for maybe like 14 onwards, I got I got very, very obsessed with trying to find like the most disturbing kind of horror that i could find so what did i get into back then i think i I really got into italian horror back then so i watched uh a lot of lucio fulci uh, films and um would have my who who did i get to yeah my brother weirdly enough my brother's friend i would get him to go into the dvd shop and I'd give him the money and he'd come out with like a, you know, like a Lucio Fulci film. <laughs> um, yeah, other kids so, are getting uh, older children or other older people to uh, get them liquor or smokes. You're like, hey, can, I, can, you, can you get me some? Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of his, his films, which went, and it's not so much films that scare me, but more films that grossed me out is sort of what I was looking for, I think. Um, and I got, massively into like trauma films at that time as well which again aren't are not scary films but just really gross films mm. so i think i st- started just trying to find more like violent horrible kind of stuff um yeah rather than actually scary kind of kind of things um but yeah that's that's what it sort of really kind of kicked in for me remind me this is on the tip of my tongue but trauma was like nuclear waste or something like that yeah toxic so, adventure yeah toxic, toxic adventure, adventure is like you. the most famous one yeah and they also get other classics like tromeo and juliet uh... mm. terra firma was the one that i was really obsessed with and kind yeah. of 
part of the reason I think I started making my own films because it's a film about making films. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also incredibly gross and disgusting. So, yeah, we, my friends and I in high school used to watch that quite a lot. Um, what did you like about that one? Um, just because it, I mean, it, I feel like if I watched it now, I probably wouldn't enjoy it quite as much, but I really like that it pushes the boundaries of taste. Actually, it doesn't even push it. It just like shits all over the, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's completely just does not give a shit that film. Um, and it's very like pro kind of independent spirit, independent filmmaking, like fuck Hollywood, all that kind of stuff, which really appealed to me at the time. It still does now. But, but yeah, more so that it's just like, it's like they sat down and they're like, how can we make the most disgusting, offensive scene we possibly can? And then they just kept on the writing process, just kept pushing it further and further and further. Um, okay, so American, American Psycho, Italian Horror, Trauma, uh, Terra Firma, anything else? Um, I mean, just lots and lots and lots of horror at that point, like just anything I could could find. I do remember the, I'm trying to think of something that, that genuinely unsettled me at that time. I do remember when I was going through Italian horror seeing, um, yeah, starting to see stuff, stuff like, uh, for example, Cannibal Holocaust, probably, and still to this day, upset me more than any other film I'd seen. Um, There's some fairly upsetting stuff in there. The turtle. Yeah, it's the, really uh, not. It's not right that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's thing, just say uh, you could get away with a lot in the seventies. Yeah, I think I'm very torn with my feelings on that film because it's it's a genuinely despicable movie, <laughs> but it's also incredibly effective in the way that it's made. So it's sort of, it famously has um, real animal deaths in it, which is horrible. And it, mm. it kind of has that at the beginning of the film, because it's meant to be like a kind of fake documentary that you're watching. Mm. So then when it shifts from these horrible real animal deaths to deaths of humans, it's kind of blurred to like reality and, what's right. fake and what's real is kind of blurred together mm -hmm. and it just makes it so disturbing. So it's kind of brilliantly made, but it's an incredibly, uh, it's, it's ethically completely fucked that film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it, I sort of struggle. I, I kind of, yeah, I respect its filmmaking, but I, I don't respect the, the what they did to make it. Mm. Like a necessary evil. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Did you wait? Clarification. Did you say necessary or unnecessary? Necessary. Okay. <laughs> the world would probably be a better place without it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, prob probably wouldn't really make any difference in the long run. I mean, when you think about mm. how screwed up human beings are and what we do without movies, you know? Yeah, that's true. Long before mm. movies existed. Hmm. What what were you enjoying about finding these things that uh, not just pushed boundaries, but you know disturbed you? And yeah, I I think I just wanted to see things that kind of shocked me. So I think I've moved from I yeah, seeing horror as something that would scare me, then to stuff that I'd just be like, oh my god, that's 
horrible. I can't believe they did that in a movie. So I think that's sort of what I was trying to find. Yeah. And that, that continued for a long time. I don't really, I'm not really like that anymore, but yeah, all through my teenage years, that that's what I was like. What do you think you enjoyed about being shocked? I think I, I do feel like most people, even though they, you know, they might not admit it. I think most people like to see things that they feel that they probably shouldn't be seeing. Um, and things that kind of shake them up a little bit. Um, because it's something that's like, I don't know. I think it's just a, it's natural. It's like part of our, our curiosity as, as humans, I think, but I think it, it's an enjoyable to watch in a horror film or like some, you know, disgusting gory kind of film because you're seeing it and you're like, well, it's not, it's not real. Right. It, well, except for cannibal Holocaust, <laughs> right. um, but you're seeing something that's like still kind of, you still have that safety net there as well. Um, Whereas I think some people go the other way and get like obsessed with like real life kind of, uh, I guess you would still call it gore, but like, you know, I, I remember at, at that time, uh, rotten.com, mm-hmm. yeah, which was yep. this very fucking horrible website with all real death sort of stuff. I remember I had like these friends who would like, like, oh, did you check out this thing on rotten.com? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to see that because it's really disgusting (laughs) and they're like and they're like oh and this is actually something that's haunted me all all my life even up until recently where i'll have people going like oh did you see insert some real death things like oh did you see this horrible beheading video and i'm like no i don't want to it sounds disgusting i don't want to see real death and they're like oh but you love horror yeah Yeah, and they're like oh but you're a horror fan i'm like no 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 but horror is not real (laughs) Like, this, this is real. Someone actually lost their head. I don't, yeah. No, thank you. So I, I think some people have that kind of curiosity. And then I think horror is like, it's a similar kind of thing, but it's also, yeah, it, it's still safe. Like it's not, yeah. no one's getting hurt. Yeah. When you, when you watch that, but yeah, I always just found it so weird that people would, would be like, oh, you must like this because you like, you know, you like Lucha Fuji films. Mm. Like a very weird jump for me. No, you're yeah. right. There's there's definitely two uh two categories there. There are some people that don't see a difference and some people who do. I uh my experience with Rotten was I uh, I used images from it on my sound click account. This is dating myself here. It was back in the early mm-hmm. aughts. And uh yeah, it was, it was, I was I was producing aggressive music similar to like some breakcore artists like venetian snares or dormouse and the um website allows you to put an image for each track so because i was making violent aggressive music each track had uh just random images from rotten.com <laughs> they removed my images after a while I think they, <laughs> they changed their policy i think is what happened. <laughs> i wonder if you had something to do with that <laughs> maybe i like to think so hmm. So it's interesting. So, so you said that you, you kind of like to be shaken up, but you also basically said that you also want to know that it is fiction. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I don't want to be forever haunted by something <laughs> like something real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here in your teenage years, did you, um, did you start having a crew of friends or even relatives that uh, also enjoyed this kind of stuff or no? 
yeah, like I, I started making films at that point as well. So I kind of had my my film filmmaking crew, and we would yeah. we would sort of watch stuff together. But no one no one that I was friends with in high school really had the same level of obsession with uh films and especially horror films that that i did but um yeah i did have like a handful of friends that i would just bring over and force them to watch all these ridiculous horror movies <laughs> um, i can relate yeah <laughs> but i i don't think it yeah it wasn't i think it wasn't until i became an adult that i found kind of i mean that's sort of the story of high school right you find your mm-hmm. your true friends after high school i think mm-hmm. or your true people so yeah i think mm-hmm. it was more i was forcing things on other people in high school <laughs> rather than it being like a you know uh and yeah like them actually enjoying it and on the same level as me okay how old, how old were you when you started making films or t no 15 maybe 15 14 or 15 mm. and were they horror films or like uh, right out the gate? sort of Mo- most of the stuff i made was i've never never made like a straight horror film um they were mostly kind of comedy stuff but they were gross comedy like disgusting comedy with a lot of violence in them yeah the first film i made was kind of like a slasher parody it's it's kind of it's so terrible to think of now but it was uh yeah it's about a guy who goes around murdering people who are fans of the movie scream because he's really annoyed about how it's ruined horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> says says a lot about me at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, most of the stuff I made was sort of, yeah, it was definitely comedy, but yeah, just very gross comedy. And that's mm. continued throughout my life. So didn't really have a crew um, in, in, those reg- in those terms, those regards. Um, again, wouldn't have celebrated Halloween because that, that wasn't a thing there. <laughs> you just can't even imagine it, can you? I just, it's, it's a foreign concept to me. How do you not have Halloween? <laughs> it is it is weird that we haven't latched on to that one. Like there's probably there's nothing else from American culture I'd like to take except Halloween. That's like the one <laughs> thing I, I wouldn't mind if we copied. Like I understand giving a it. pass on Easter or Thanksgiving, like ah, I'm good on that. <laughs> That's Halloween's the fun one. That would be hilarious if we had Thanksgiving. It would just make absolutely no sense. <laughs> I kind of like that idea. Like, let's have Thanksgiving in Australia. And you have to have it have it to celebrate, you know, like how for Independence Day, well, actually, you wouldn't have an Independence Day either because you're still part of the Commonwealth. Um, so I was thinking mm. if you're doing Thanksgiving, it should be on the same, same day as, as we do it in America, just for the extra... S- surrealness of it yeah that that would be great i'd enjoy that one. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest it's just an it's just an excuse to boo. well yeah um so did you have any uh experience like you mentioned um in, in your childhood years there were a couple things that really ter- terrified you the gorillas army from terminator you know jaws <laughs> what about teenage years was there anything that legitimately scared you as a teen like in reality yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing really comes comes to mind in particular. Any reoccurring nightmares or reoccurring dreams? Um, I have like a this is it's kind of a weird thing. It's not really a fear, but I had um when I was a teenager, I started having these really weird 
recurring uh, night terrors, mm-hmm. which was they really. I still sometimes get them now, but it's more like a once a year kind of thing. But it, it's when I would I would wake up, but I'd still be half asleep, and I'd hallucinate mm-hmm. spiders crawling all over my bed, <laughs> and it would scare the absolute shit out of me. And then I'd have yeah. to sort of slowly wake up. But the weird thing about it is, like, I'm not particularly scared of spiders. Like, they're not something that freak me out that much. But in that moment, it would be yeah. terrifying. Like, the um, sudden moment of awakening with spiders surrounding you, that's, that's a little jarring. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just having them crawling all over you, yeah. It sounds like sleep paralysis. Like, you're partially waking up and you're probably getting the pins and needles. Yeah, I think it's maybe... As- yeah, I think it's maybe something like kind of similar to that. Yeah, and I've and I've always and I still get this now. It's really embarrassing. Like even from being a kid, I would I have this thing where like I'll I'll wake up technically, but I'll still be like in a dream state. And people mm-hmm. have had like these absolutely bizarre conversations with me <laughs> where I'm rambling about things that don't make any sense, and then I but then I have the experience of kind of waking up a second time <laughs> and realizing what I'm saying. Like mid conversation. Yeah. So whenever people came and stayed at my house, I'd always be like, Oh my God, please don't let me have that. happen." <laughs> um, this is so embarrassing, but yeah. So I, I've had that. And then the, the spider thing, but yeah, not, not really a- anything that day to day used to like, you know, upset me. I was probably more, worried about like making friends and like uh you know have you know getting through high school that was probably my true fear is going to school those are the real sources of drama or trauma or any kind of fear when you're a teenager just like yeah yeah my friends think of me yeah like oh will it how how bad will my acne be tomorrow (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) yeah so what about adulthood um what were some of the um uh, you know, scary stories or books or movies that you've come across as an adult now that have impacted you? I think as I've, yeah, I think as I've gotten older, I've kind of moved further away from uh, wanting to be shocked, but rather just wanting to be like, um, maybe just, it's maybe been replaced with like, I want to have like a an emotional response to something or see something that connects to me in some kind of way. So I think I've sort of reverted to that. Um, in terms of stuff that's like scared me as an adult, I'm trying, I, I'm trying to think of a film of recent years as genuinely unsettled me. There's, there's not really, Oh, actually, do you know, uh, no, there is one film. Um, have you heard of a film or have you seen martyrs before the French film? Yes. The original that film. Yeah. The original martyrs absolutely broke broke my brain in a way that i don't think a film has done since um it just is it's kind of everything it's like incredibly disturbing but then it's also kind of beautifully made and and kind of it's like almost like cosmic horror like it's like (laughs) it kind of yeah it's that yeah so i think things that kind of like break my brain is like is what i i kind of seek now in my my horror films mm-hmm. yeah that that film really unsettled me what what about it unsettled you i think it's it's very unpredictable like it sort of starts as like a a kind of typical very like grimy horrible sort of french nihilistic 
kind of horror film. But then as it goes on, it starts to like go into like an area that I just did not expect it to. And it yeah. kind of connects to, oh, it's, it's very hard to explain without ruining it either, but it kind yeah. of, I think it's the, the way it just sort of goes off in this other direction that I wasn't expecting that, that really, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it was just very If you could unexpected. describe the direction. Well, I, I think I would say like, yeah, cosmic horror. <laughs> it goes, it like opens, it starts as this very small insular sort of story and then just turns into this kind of disturbing like conspiracy as it, as it goes on. Like Lovecraftian or not really Lovecraftian, more like a, like a cult, I guess you could say. Yeah. Cult, but also kind of like one of those things where it's like, it it doesn't give you the full answers of, of yeah. Like, yeah. Where it ends up either. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very, uh, yeah. Unsettling film. Highly recommend it. Yeah, it's really good for it. Um, and when you you said the name of it, were you saying martyrs? Like, yeah, martyrs, yeah, the the people that die for a cause, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a part of it, all right. Mm. So, uh, other than martyrs, anything else that really stood out to you in your adult life as being influential, or um, yeah, I mean, the there's there's lots of stuff. It's hard to think of a specific thing, but um, finally got around to watching Twin Peaks: The Return, the uh, the sort of third series of Twin Peaks, and the last. I'm still kind of feeling the effects of the last episode of that. Where it's mm. not. It's not necessarily horror, but it was just incredibly. Um, incredibly disturbing i think things that like don't give clear answers and are kind of like nightmarish i think that that's sort of the stuff that disturbs me now Mm -hmm. and yeah that that was an incredible series that that new series of twin peaks where it's it's mostly a comedy and then when it turns into like slips more into like horror you know kind of universe hopping kind of weird stuff it's, it's genuinely genuinely disturbing yeah, that, that's definitely one as well. It's, inter- it's interesting you say that because, and I was going to point this out just on the last thing we talked about, the martyrs, and this is now three times that you've used, you know, unanswered questions. Hmm. Um, so let's ask about that a little bit. Uh, what do you like about unanswered questions other than the fact that it's just uncomfortable? Mm. I, I think it's, I think, when things are un unknown or unclear, it it's just more. I think it's more interesting as a as a narrative, but it's also it kind of gives the audience the opportunity to kind of fill in that space with their own imagination. And I think our our own imagination is probably more scary than anything like a, a filmmaker could come up with because we're kind of you know putting our own kind of fears into it as well. So I think yeah the uncertainty and not i mean even like now we're in the middle of a pandemic and the most scary thing about it is the uncertainty right so like our imagination of what's going to happen next is is more disturbing than actually getting the virus i think so yeah Mm. i think uncertainty unknown i think that they are they're the true kind of like fears that i think everyone has 
whether or not they're even conscious of it. So I, yeah, I think, I think that's perhaps what it is. Let me try asking this a different way. What do you get out of uncertainty? Like as a viewer? Yeah. Like what do you get out of it? What's I think it's just something that like, you know, makes you consider something more makes you think about it more. It's just, it's enjoyable to like engage with a movie or a TV show or a book where you're like continuing to like think about it after it's finished. I think if something is like too cleanly wrapped up, then you kind of just move on from it. And that's, that's like 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 one. Mm. Sorry, go on. Sorry. I was going to say, like, I I agree. Like it's like, it's a, it's less finite or less plain really. If uh, something is left open ended, it's, it has more of an intrigue because you, 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 you don't know. There's no answer, mm. no defined answer. It's open-ended, so you can kind of, you know, it's it's a little frustrating at times, especially when things are left very open-ended, like uh, yeah, a lot of films. Yeah, it can be too much, that. right? Yeah. Like, yeah I mean, I, kinda... I hate to say it, but like the new Joker film, I, I wasn't a fan of the whole, oh, it may have just been a dream thing at the end. Oh, God, I hate when <laughs> they do that. But certain yeah, open-ended, sort of... ambiguous endings are, are good. Yeah, it's very, like, it. it really does depend on the writing. It has to be done well for it to Mm. actually work rather than just like cutting you off and not finishing something. But I think like, and I I think some things are enjoyable as like a piece of more kind of like easily digestible kind of entertainment if it, if they're wrapped up as well. So it kind of depends what you're in the mood for. But like, I think about if I think about like TV shows, like breaking bad, for example, I liked breaking bad. I don't think it's, the masterpiece everyone makes it out to be but i think the end of that show i've never seen a show that has so ridiculously almost to the point of it being comic comical how stupidly neatly it's wrapped up where it's like everything is tied up that you wanted to see tied up everything you expected to see happen happens and we're done it's tied up so when that show is over and never thought about about it again never felt like i needed to go back to it then if you think of something like The Sopranos, which has this very controversial ending that's very open and very, like, uncertain, very up, you know, full of interpretation, that has, like, I still think about that finale and I still think about that show and the, the meaning behind it and that ending has really kind of haunted me throughout <laughs> the years. And I think it's just, like, it's a different kind of experience and it's a much more like val- valuable experience i think as like a yeah. viewer to like engage with something that's a bit less like cut and dry so it it's like yeah there's different types of enjoyment you get out of different sort of things but i just something really great i like to have be left with that kind of feeling so i'm going to use a slightly different word than uh what you used uh lingering and to to borrow a sentence, a word from your last sentence, valuable. Mm-hmm. What do you find valuable about lingering? About like the the feelings of something lingering. I think it's just. Uh, I think it just makes you think about, you know, your your own life. It makes you think about, um, yeah, like why, like, and even like appreciating it as a as a story and as a piece of art, like thinking why certain choices were made and the story as a whole and like meanings behind it. I think, I think it's nice to be left with something and like keep thinking about it and keep 
like it's something that like cha- changes that you can kind of go back to and like watch again. So I think like having repeat kind of value is is um is really enjoyable as well. Um, not all the time. Like sometimes I just want to watch something trash, trashy and easy. <laughs> like the other night I watched. Have you heard of Stalker's Prey? <laughs> no. It's like a lifetime movie. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a, a stalker. To say. <laughs> it's like a it's about a shark obsessed stalker who um rescues a girl from a shark and <laughs> it's just like sometimes I'm just in the mood for a piece of shit. Especially now <laughs> when, you know, I don't want to think about anything. Sort of switch my brain off. Like that's what I'm in the mood for. But yeah, other times yeah, like my, my partner and I have a word for it where we're like, what do we want to watch tonight? Are you in the mood for like something something heavy or something light. It's just like, they're the choices. Like you want to watch something that we're going to be thinking about for the rest of the week or, and like, you know, unpacking in our minds, or do you want to watch something that's just going to allow us to perhaps lose a few brain cells? Uh, non-horror question for a second. Um, just because what you're saying is making me think of this. So in general, outside of horror, do you tend to enjoy puzzles? No. <laughs> do you mean like? Do you mean like uh, like literal puzzles, like a Rubik's cube? No, I I, I hate them. <laughs> I legitimately hate them. I, I think I think maybe from what you were saying, because you're like you you said before, if you watch a shitty movie, you're like, oh, I just wasted time. <laughs> for me, for me, no matter how shit the film is, um, I still get something out of it because like I can like. I kind of unpack like why it was shit. So then maybe I can bring that into my own. So it's for me, it's like always like part of my education if I'm watching a movie, but when I'm doing a puzzle, I don't know. It's just like, it's also kind of why I don't play video games either. Cause there's I'm like, nothing I, to what be learned. I, you either. Yeah, what did, and, you I, and I know that's kind of harsh to say that as well, because you do, I'm sure it is like improving your brain <laughs> by, by doing it, but I just don't have the patience for it not really because like the end goal is like just finishing a puzzle like what else am i getting out of that so for, for me you can I kind of feel that you finished it yeah. <laughs> okay i it just occurred to me that because something that you were saying made me realize well maybe that's something that you it might not be horror related but if i found out that you liked puzzles then that could explain part of the reason why you like having things to think about mm. or to to pour over puzzle over think about continue thinking about Mm. uh so you kind of mentioned that at least in your adult life then you started having uh some friends that had uh or shared your enjoyment of horror and and those kinds of things i can't i must have been in my early 20s i met um a guy who i'm still very close to now he does like all the artwork for um but yeah, like any sort of film um, stuff I've done, he did the title sequence in Cats Like Blues as well. Mm. But he's a an artist. And when we met, we kind of hit it off straight away by realizing we had like the same kind of interests. Mm. Um, and yeah, he, I think the thing I enjoyed about him is that like, we were both very into like digging out like the most obscure kind of films, weird films we could find. And I was like very into like, Japanese stuff at the time and he was very into like Hong Kong stuff so we mm-hmm. had this kind of 
trading process of like i'd be like oh have you heard of this like fucking crazy japanese film here you can borrow my dvd and he'd be like oh have you heard about this fucking mental uh hong kong film it's crazy like blah blah, blah. and so we do like a kind of swap sort of thing and kind of educate each other and fill in the gaps of our of our weird movie knowledge and then sort of like discover things together as well so i think it was like part of part of the joy of like that is like more the hunt for the films, like trying to go into all these like dodgy, you know, Chinese bootleg kind of DVD places to try and find this one particular film. Um, yeah, so that that was really fun. You you didn't mention any of these uh, Japanese or did you say Korean? Uh, Hong, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong sorry, ones, yeah. uh, you didn't mention any of these when I asked if there was anything that impacted you as an adult. So I'm guessing there was nothing that really. <laughs> were they all uh no i mean the the problem is like i watch a lot of movies so if you ask me something like that i'm kind of digging through like thousands of films in my mind yeah it's like answering the question you know what's your favorite movie like yeah it's it's kind of similar to that but like japanese stuff i mean when i was in my maybe when i was still a teenager i got really into uh takeshi miike movies Mm -hmm. Um, and also, like, we're thinking if we're thinking just horror, a lot of this stuff doesn't really fall so neatly into a single category either. But I guess, like, yeah, Mike's stuff, like Itchy the Killer and Audition, really kind of, you know, made a huge impact on me. But more as like filmmaking rather than kind of shocking me, if that makes sense. Like, I was just really impressed with the the skill that went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of stuff I, I was, I was really into. <coughs> Excuse me. So <clears throat> other than this artist friend of yours, did you have any other, um, people that you shared horror with? For, um, yeah, I think for horror, it was, uh, it was mostly just that, that one friend. I had a, a lot of friends that were like very much like into, um, like, cinema in general so we'd share a lot of uh of just films in general that we enjoyed but in terms of like even not even more so like horror and general demented weird kind of films that that was what what my my friend was uh that's the sort of stuff that we we engaged in okay Hmm. you mentioned that now as an adult you are participating in halloween a bit in japan how's that going it's it's very it's very different here to how I imagine it would be in America. It's um Japan basically takes American traditions and then does some very odd things with them. Yeah. Do you know yes. about have you heard about Christmas in Japan? Yes. What they do here? Yes. Yes. <laughs> when when you were starting to talk about that, that I, that I was even gonna <laughs> mention that. Yeah. Yeah, so you can't go to KFC on Christmas in Japan because they're obsessed with uh, KFC. They think that all Americans go out to KFC for Christmas and they've, they've, uh, that's what they do here. So you can't, you can't, if you want fried chicken on, on uh, Christmas in Japan, you will not be getting it because it'll be sold out everywhere. And um, yeah, Halloween's kind of a similar sort of thing where they've kind of it here. It's more about, um, it's not even, it doesn't even happen on Halloween. So for basically the closest Saturday to Halloween mm-hmm. and also on Halloween night, but mostly the, the Saturday 
everyone just goes out dressed in a costume. To... I mean, that's kind of like how it is here if you're an adult. It's whatever but, the nearest Saturday is. Yeah, yeah. So everyone sort of goes out to this sort of public. Um, so I, I live in Osaka, but there's a area called like Triangle Park. It's not really a park. It's basically just like a concrete. <laughs> it's not area. a triangle either. Yeah, but it's sort of like in the <laughs> hub of where like the kind of grimy big city sort of part is. So mm. everyone just goes there in their costume and then just checks out each other's costumes and takes photos with each other. And then a lot of people walk down to the river and then in their costumes, people jump into the river. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's pretty much what Halloween is, is here, but it's really, it's so much fun. Like just seeing the creativity of the, the costumes, but have you, um, have you ever seen any Ted's out at Halloween? And. Uh, I, I like was like, from Ted, when you said Ted, I like instantly imagined that uh, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane movie. Uh, That's actually what I thought of too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God. yeah that's Ted. No, 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 no never seen any, any Ted's out. No, no. <laughs> Shane, they're all over here in the yeah. States, apparently. It's not, it's not actually released in Japan. So, what? Any, so you're not big in Japan? It. No, sadly not. Not yet. Only Italy. Or how have um, you have wait have you been dressing up? Yes, but the problem with the the costumes that I've I've dressed up in, they're very like specific to Osaka. So I like dressing up as Osaka landmarks, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, okay. so I uh, that's very relatable you, out there. Yeah, if you look up Tower of the Sun, that's what I dressed up as two years ago. But it's uh, kind of hard to imagine what it is so yeah and any kind of i i like stuff that's very specific to to japan or to osaka to dress up as thing oh, wow. just i like the idea of costumes <laughs> of things that you wouldn't dress up as so this um, looks like it was a very cumbersome costume oh my god was, <laughs> so were your arms in the large horns and your uh, face went out the uh the moon face looking thing or my, my face was sort of like kind of cut out and then i had a sort of big like hat thing on with like the mm -hmm. the golden face up the top and then on my stomach okay. was the the other face <laughs> yeah <laughs> um then you know the year really after strange? i dressed up mm. sorry it's just really strange that i saw this somewhere like just a couple days ago i don't even know why or where or how but it's by um it's by a really cool japanese artist um called Taro Okamoto. It was made okay. for the World Expo they did in 1970. Like I'm, I'm really obsessed with like 70s era Japan. So yeah, I took a real liking to that power. I've actually got a tattoo of it as well. <laughs> nice. mm -hmm. So yeah, that, like, that was uh, uh, the first big year of Halloween. That was my costume. Going back to some of the questions, are did you have have you had any scary dreams as an adult? Uh, I mean, it's they're not so exciting to be honest. Mo most of my dreams uh, will be very much based in boring reality, so it'll be like mm. sort of work nightmares. But whenever yeah. it's election year, I just have not like it, as in American election, I have nonstop political nightmare dreams. Oh god! Um, so my most recent nightmare back when it looked like Bernie might have actually had a chance at being the nominee. I had a nightmare that there was a sex scandal 
<laughs> that was fabricated by the Republicans and that was going to destroy his chances. And it was like horrifying in the dream. So that, that's, um, yeah, that was my, my last, uh, you know, kind of, that's what my nightmares are like these days. And I remember before Trump got up? elected, I had a, had a dream where I like met him and he was like kind of outside of like the political sphere, kind of normal. And I had like this big argument with him, like, why are you doing this, man? Like, what, what is your problem? <laughs> so, it's like kind of just a, a stress dream about politics. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. For your dream to have been reality and for your conversation to have actually taken effect, that, that would have been good. Been yeah. <laughs> like just telling Trump, like, why do you want to build <laughs> hey, that hey, wall, man? man? Why, why Look, do you want to do that? You should just stop. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So looking back over your entire life now, what, and I'm not asking about a favorite movie, although you can answer that if you'd like as well, but what movie have you watched more times than any other? I'm going to like not include the Star Wars movies. I'm just going to skip past those. Okay. Probably <laughs> them. But uh, I think as a kid, all the way to an adult, the one film that I've watched like over and over and over and over and over again is um, The Dark Crystal. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed with that film. Excellent choice. Have you seen the uh, the the new series? I think it was, and it's supposed yes. to be. Yes. Oh my god, it was so Still good. Need to watch that. Oh my ah. god, it! I could not believe how good it was. Yeah. It was. Um. It's the perfect like like tie in kind of show. It's it's uh, it's amazing. It's actually. I don't want to overhype it. Well, I know I'm going to overhype it. It's, <laughs> I would say it's actually better than the original movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, that's, that's what it looked like to me. Like, because if they continue following suit with the same theme, the same tone, the same mm. look, which it looks like it does, and it's just more elaborate and a little better yeah. done because we have better technology nowadays. It's phenomenal, yeah. But at the same time, I've I've talked to people who love the original movie who said like oh that show was so shit it like ruined my childhood and i'm yeah. like what are you talking about did we watch the same show <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah but no that that movie yeah when i was a kid i almost like every second weekend i think i rented it and yeah. just watched it over and over and over and over and over again um and yeah i still love it just as much now oh yeah I, I definitely enjoyed that as well it was one of my favorites when i was a kid mm, it's just such a dark film like so um yeah it's like there's not really any other kids films from that time that that match the kind of weight of that film i think mm. yeah have did you ever see secret of nim no i actually i've always wanted to see that but I've, I've never seen it yeah i heard that's really quite is that quite full-on as well quite yes. it, it is yeah that's actually that's the For first kid, thing that popped yeah. into my head as well steve that's funny yeah it's it's not exactly the same theme as Dark Crystal because it's not really a fantasy and uh, epic mm. adventure, but uh, it, it is definitely a um, possibly borderline kids film, but but dark. You know, it's, it's got some realism mm. to it, and people die. And it, it's also got some very oh. funny mice die. Mm. Well. That's like a, a a Bluth animation, right? Like I the guy so. that mm -hmm. left Disney. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back again over all three parts of your your life now that we've talked about do you see any common threads about what kind of horror that you like cannibalism occult metaphysical i think i kind of like it all but i do have i've always had a real uh soft spot for so my, my favorite horror film is probably texas chainsaw massacre 
So there I've always go. had like a, a soft spot for uh, kind of like hillbilly, not hillbilly, but like sort of family out in the middle of nowhere and like a kind of family of demented rednecks or hillbillies <laughs> attack them. I love that kind of backwards kind of horror. Um, so like that and Hills Have Eyes and stuff like that. It's kind of a, Same. not a super, like, there's not really that many films in that subgenre, but yeah, I, I do really enjoy those films. I find them quite, quite disturbing. Deliverance? Yeah. <laughs> deliverance yeah definitely one of those that's yeah. Kind of, yeah on the same page but yeah i couldn't agree more man that's that's kind of the same uh favorite genre i have if, if there were any is the uh the psycho misfits murderer family yeah it's just there's something very yeah i don't know it really appeals to me yeah Ch- <laughs> chainsaw had that actually that's when i kind of forgot about that had quite a big impact on me as a as a teenager seeing that and what was it that you enjoyed about those? I think the the first first chainsaw really in, impressed me because it's um it's not a particularly gruesome movie and it kind of like doesn't show a lot of stuff but it, again it's kind of like imagination filling in the blanks but it has um it has a real sense of like it kind of sets you up like it, it starts a little bit slow it's like it just has this unsettling feeling at the beginning. It's and very then, unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. It's very unnerving. And then the first time you see Leatherface is just one of the most terrifying and like out of nowhere kind of shocking moments in, in like horror history, I think. So it's just a, it's like this film that's kind of, yeah, unsettling the whole way through, but then is like sort of punctuated by these like absolutely fucking terrifying moments um yeah it's a it's a really good blend of like flat out shock kind of horror and then also yeah just that uncomfortable kind of feeling throughout it as well yeah that's a great film a lot of screening all that too is is there something that you find that you particularly enjoy about this like i had asked about the common threads and you said you know the common thread might be people stuck in the middle of nowhere and they're set upon uh is there something you like about that scenario yeah i think that i mean that's a very it's a very scary scenario and it's something you can definitely relate to as well i think like the mm-hmm. those kind of films even though they're ridiculous like in a way but they <laughs> they also are connected to a kind of grimy sort of reality as as well so i think that makes them kind of and yeah the idea of being stuck in the middle of nowhere is already scary and then you're throwing in a bunch of terrifying rednecks into the mix it just to to make it even worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or in some cases, a single terrifying redneck. Like one of my um, uh, all-time favorite films is the both Wolf Creeks, really. And uh, yeah, that's kind of yeah. along the same lines. You have crazy psycho redneck murderer out in the middle of nowhere and, and out in the middle of nowhere, too. So you've got mm. kind of both things going there. Yeah, that the first Wolf Creek, very, yeah, very disturbing film. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what I'm about to say isn't typically considered horror, uh, but kind of fits into this. How do you feel about Mad Max? I I think I'm in the minority that my favorite is the first one. I really love that, that first film because it's sort of like society's like crumbling at that point. It's not completely gone to shit. And I think that's kind of like, a yeah, it's kind of something kind of a more effective about that for me but yeah i 
I love all those films except the third one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I like the first one the best. So we're kind of down here to really the last question, which is, you know, we've talked about a lot of things here that, um, that you like about the horror genre, uh, particularly, um, you know, having open-ended questions and things that really stop and you have to stop and think about, and you will continue thinking about for a long time. Um, so the last question though, is then why horror? Because there, you could have that kind of same feeling in, in any number of genres. You know, it could be historical drama or sci-fi or I don't even know what else. But is there something that particularly you find horror brings to the table? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think we've sort of touched on it a little bit. I mean, the, these days I, I'm not quite, I don't think I seek out horror as much as I used to and I just in, enjoy like all genres but I think I think when I was younger it was um yeah part of it was like the feeling that you're watching something that you're you you shouldn't be watching like that you're like kind of not allowed to watch but I think that that was sort of part of it that made it appealing like kind of feeling like I was breaking the rules by by watching it mm-hmm. um I think that's part of it and I think also um I think the more I watched her, I got a real appreciation for the, like, uh, kind of the artistry that goes into the effects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is quite so I think that, yeah, I think that's really part of it. And, and yeah, just, I think just visually horror really appeals to me. Like, I, I think I said it before, but it's like, it feels like to me, like often the most like pure cinema kind of genre where it's just, yeah, it's, it, you can really push things really to the extreme. Um, so yeah, I think, I think all of those things are, are what initially, you know, made it, made it appeal to me. And plus like horror has like a community around it as well. Like, I don't think any other, other than like maybe sci-fi, it's not like there's a community around like rom-coms Drama. for example, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, you, so don't, I think, uh, you don't hear about too many rom-com conventions. Yeah. So I, I think like horror, maybe more than any other genre really creates this community where people come together and like want to suggest other things and want to dig into like more obscure stuff and independent stuff. So I, I think that's kind of part of it as well that kind of, um, yeah, sort of like, yeah, sort of keeps you involved in the the genre and wanting to seek out, out more. It's more diverse. Hmm cool so i think if we were to sum up the uh the conversation then um you know some of the things that you just mentioned now about the taboo you did mention the pure emotional reaction before um and sort of the roller coaster effect that that gives you um and as we said a few minutes ago about the uh you know the unanswered questions to me that sounds like it's that would be the heart of the answer if we if we ask the question what is it about horror that you enjoy that's the mm. answer. Is there mm. something else that you think of that we've left out that we haven't touched on? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. And I think it's also, yeah, it, it ties into the taboo, like just seeing things that you're just like, wow, like this came out of someone's brain. This <laughs> <laughs> kind of like cats is kind of like that as well. Right. <laughs> I think any kind of weird cinema, you kind of, it's enjoyable to to watch and go like, wow, someone actually thought of this. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I've watched some films before where it's like I don't know what's more disturbing the fact that or like I, I don't know which would be more disturbing if this were based off of true facts and that actually happened or someone <laughs> thought of this and put pen to paper like yeah. <laughs> well, whether That's it's real or not, the fact is somebody thought about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so. Well, thank you very much for your uh, evening, or actually, it's your morning. It's our evening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Um, no, thank you. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I, we had mentioned, I think that uh, you know, at the end here, we would also uh, give you an opportunity to talk about. I, I'm trying to remember what it was that you. Uh, oh, that's right. You said you didn't have anything. To talk I, about. I could actually. I could plug someone else's film. Can sure, I do that? go for it. Yeah. All right. I I recommend if you're. Actually, Chris, definitely, I think you might you might have already seen this, but um, there's a film uh, by a person called Guy Pierce. He he actually lives in in Osaka as well. He's like a, a kind of makes like it's hard to say it is just horror, but like very very disturbing film. Uh, he made a short film called Difficulty Breathing, and I highly recommend trying to track it down. But yeah, his name's Guy Pierce. You can find him on Twitter. He's also got a shop as well. Um, Guy Pierce, very... the actor, like from Prometheus? <laughs> uh, it's spelled... Is it spelled the same? Wait, let me check. How do you spell Guy Pierce's name? Yeah, it's actually spelled the same. Oh my gosh, there you go. Huh. But no, it's not It's not that Guy Pierce though. <laughs> he's like a... He's a British guy. Um, but yeah, so it's just a incredibly low budget film but it's one of like the most um like effective like not horror but just effective like disturbing films i've seen in ages and he does some like really interesting stuff with camera and sound and yeah i think it's quite i mean it's pretty underseen so i really think people should seek it out cool uh it's, it's and what is it called yeah. again uh difficulty breathing i'll tell you what Whatever. uh if you have any links uh, that you know specifically go to this guy or or his work, uh, mm. send us the links because when we put together a, a bio page for or a bio for you on the Horror Makes Us Happy website, we can include the link there, and that way anyone listening can go to the website and then jump from there. Cool. Yeah, I'll try and I think he's pretty sure he has a, a web shop, so I'll I'll find that. Okay. Well, again, thank you, and thank you to anyone out there listening. Please do come visit us at HorrorMakesUsHappy.com. Uh, we'll have a schedule posted there to show who we're interviewing next, as well as a list of the people we'd like to interview. If you, uh, and you as well, Dave, if, if anybody can help us uh, link up with some more of these people, or if you know somebody else that you'd like to have added to the, to the list, let us know. Um, you can become a Patreon supporter and link to our social media there as well. In general, just let us know how we're doing. HorrorMakesUsHappy.com. Yeah.